Hey there, this is Dee Yvonne Rivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a podcast where you will hear the journeys of birth mothers who have placed children in adoption and also have some emotional and tough conversations, or you may say hot topics about adoption. Listen in. Good afternoon. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I'm your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a platform where birth moms share their journey, share their story, share what happened to them, what they experienced when they became moms. You will be surprised, amazed, love all the things that are happening in this adoption community. We share the real talk. I'm so happy to have with me today, Madison. Welcome, Madison. Hi, thank you. Oh, good to have you. As we said, we are that platform that will share the real talk and the real story. And as we say, we have the commonality of all being birth moms, but our stories are different. And we want to hear a little bit about your journey, Madison. Maybe begin with your childhood and tell where you grew up, how it was it in growing up, and your experience of becoming a birth mom. Okay. Well, I had a pretty normal childhood. Um, I grew up in a suburb outside of Kansas City. Um, I have both my parents, you know, I had a really, really good childhood. Um, like looking back, I don't think I would change anything. We're a really close family. Um, we always have been. So, um, so how many siblings? Really Tell, what was the size I just of your have family? I just have one sister, okay. Um, okay. but I have so many cousins, like very an extensive, you know, we're all really close. Okay. So, um, yeah, and I, I was always very shy growing up. Um, I kind of just fell behind my sister. She was always very outgoing and loud and, <laughs> and would just kind of talk for me. I was okay. never very, um, outgoing or forward. I was always very in the background, um. So whenever I became pregnant, it was kind of a shock because I was never, you know, my sister was always the bad kid, the one that would get in trouble, ah, sneak hold out, on, stop and right do all there. the things. And you say, let me stop you for a minute, Madison. It was a shock and your sister was the bad kid? Is if now you <laughs> called yourself bad? Is that what you're saying? Well, I guess, you know, looking back, I think there was a lot of, shame and getting pregnant uh-huh. at a young age. I would mm-hmm. think, I would say that, um, I mean, I, my parents are very, you know, strict Catholic parents and, okay. you know, go to church every Sunday. And my sister was kind of a rebel and I was just kind of, you know, I got really good grades and I just kind of kept, I never really made a fuss about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that even continued into when I was pregnant, I was very, very reserved. I didn't really open up much to anybody during that time. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that there was like a sense of shame. Right. And just, right. you know, disappointing my parents. Right, right. How, at what age? How old were you then? How old were you? Um, I was 19. So I was, I had just started my sophomore year of college. Okay. I was in nursing school. Um, mm-hmm. I have a family of nurses. My grandma was a nurse. My mom's oh, wow. a nurse. My older sister is a nurse. Oh, so okay. I was just kind of floating on. And um, I had been in a a pretty serious relationship for 
about five years Mm -hmm. um, through high school. And then we had broken up right before my sophomore year of college. And so I was just kind of trying to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be with and who I kind of trying to find myself. Right, So um, I actually was in denial for a long time and I didn't find out I was pregnant until I was probably close to nine weeks. Wow. When you said denial, meaning that you were seeing the signs, but you didn't want to confirm. Right. And I had actually taken a test. Um, I, I would, I, I just, it was negative. Um, so Mm -hmm. I just kind of kept going about my life and I just, I had kind of, had irregular cycles anyways, and so I just didn't really think much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the birth father and me, we were never together. This was kind of, I don't want to say a rebound, but it was just somebody that I dated, you know, after this long, toxic relationship. It was very toxic, okay. the one that I had prior. Okay. So okay. Um, I guess I thought that I kind of... You know, I was like, why me? Why is this happening to me? Mm. Like, felt mm. really sorry for myself, I would right. say. Who was the first person you told? It was actually my mom. I okay. called her okay. immediately after I took the test. Um, and she's been, you know, she was my rock through it all. Wow. As much as I didn't, you know, felt bad about disappointing her, she was, she took care of me like I was, you know, still a child during that time. Like, remember, I just couldn't even function. Do you remember the first thing she said to you when you told her? <laughs> she said, I got to call you back. <laughs> she was at work. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, <laughs> she couldn't talk to you then. Okay. <laughs> she, she later told me she was with she was with a doctor, and so she said she got, you know, all the blood drained from her face, and he was like, are you okay? Do you need mm. to sit down? And she was like, yeah, I think she was kind of in shock, too. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, but I, on it, the first thing I, whenever she called me back, the first thing I said, I asked if, um, it wasn't even a question. I said, is, can you call? And it was my cousin who had been trying for about five years to have kids. Uh-huh. And um, she hadn't had any kids yet. And so I thought maybe... Maybe just maybe, you know, she would want to adopt. It was so, never so, even. So y- your mind had went to from the time you had the test and was positive. You call your mom. And in between the time of you you talking to your mom, if she called back, you had thought about all of this? I did. Wow. That was the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, I don't think I can do this. But okay. I know that. And I didn't. And that, at that time, I didn't even. I just said, will you call her? Just call her and see, you know, what she will say. Okay. So we ended up having, like, I had to go confirm that I was pregnant, you know, with mm-hmm. with the doctor. And I they did an ultrasound and they, you know, saw how far along I was. And mm-hmm. then I, my mom made me call her and ask. If, right. Which I think that it's funny looking back now, these things that my mom would, you know, try to push me to do it's mm-hmm. like I was technically an adult but I was I wanted her to take care of me like I was mm-hmm. you know not an adult because um, even though I was in college I was I lived really close to home okay. um, I lived off campus but I was still close to home and I would 
and thank God that I did live close to home because I would I ended up barely staying at the house that I was. Wow. Um, wow. Do, like, do you believe, Madison, that. that this was your first big step into maturity? Uh, at the time, no. But looking okay. back, okay. after I had him, I think, yes, I think that it did mature me more than, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, that's a really huge positive because I don't know how much I would have matured otherwise. Right, right. I was always very, very dependent on my parents. Okay, okay. So after, so you called your cousin and what was said? So I texted her and I just said, hey, can I come over? I want to talk to you about something. Um, And she said, yeah. And so... Um, I made my mom go with me and I was, <laughs> you made her, you ask her. <laughs> well, I was just like, I can't do this by myself. Okay. Um, so I went over there and her mom was there. So my mom's sister and okay. I was like, okay, so they knew something was going on. Right. You know, I didn't, right. as she was my oldest cousin, so we weren't super close in age. I think she was like 11, uh, I think she's like, wait, how old is she? She's maybe like nine, eight or nine years older than me. Okay. Okay. So we were, I have a lot of cousins closer in my age group. So Mm -hmm. I was never super close with her. Um, Mm -hmm. but I mean, we're a close family. So I mean, I would, you know, spend, spend a lot of time with her, but it, it wouldn't Mm -hmm. be like, like, you and your best friend. It would be right. like, oh, so, you know, so, she would watch me when I was little. And oh, okay. Like like so she knew when you reached out and said she wanted to, t- you wanted to talk to her. She knew something was up. She just didn't know what. Right. Yeah. So she then I, called her way. mom to be there. Right. Okay. All righty. She was getting, she was getting compared so, with her mom and support, just like your mom was there with support for you. Right. Okay. Yeah. So um, her husband was on a, business trip I think and so I actually made my mom tell her because I couldn't even get the words out Mm -hmm. it was almost like I wasn't really real for me still Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you had not come to reality I'm pregnant right right Um, right yeah so then by the end of that we were all crying Mm -hmm. and I just felt awful for even making my mom cry Mm because I knew that she was having a hard time too Mm -hmm. um and she just was like, I got to talk to my husband and I'll let you know kind of thing. Sure, um, sure. So tell so me, back I, up a little bit and tell me what your mom's reaction was when you suggested um, for her to call your cousin or you wanted to talk to your cousin about her adopting your child. What was your mom's right. reaction so we were, initially? We had some time in between me meeting with my cousin and she kind of laid it out all on the table. Like if you want to raise this child, we'll support you. Like me and your dad are going to support you regardless. Okay. Okay. Um, we never really talked about abortions. That was just like, right. Right. I didn't, I didn't want to upset anybody. And it wasn't something that I personally thought about at all at that time. Like I never, it was never really even like a thought in my mind. So, right. So what was Uh, your reaction when your mom said to you, she and your dad would support you no matter what you decided if you wanted to raise your son? It's such a weird, like looking back on it, you think I would have contemplated that more Mm -hmm. because I've always wanted to be a mom. That's ever since I was little, that's all I've, I've wanted to be a mom so bad. And I think that even if the, 
getting pregnant or to have happened to me in high school, I would have wanted to parent. I think oh, I was at a point okay. where okay. I was, I was just at this transition in my life where I was a, maybe a little bit more mature than I'm giving myself credit for, where I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I want, I want this baby to have everything that I had growing up. I want right. you know, yeah. him to have two loving parents that can provide for him and not have Mm -hmm. have a mom that's completely reliant on her parents Mm -hmm. um because i heard you say in the very beginning you had a wonderful close loving family and so you wanted mm -hmm. to give your child that same thing yeah and at that i mean like i said me and the birth father at that point we weren't we weren't together and there was no plans of ever being together so Sure. Okay. And not that, you know, single parent households are, you know, bad. I just, right. I, right. I think that w- when I looked at this bigger picture of like, mm-hmm. I'm so close to starting a real career for myself and, mm-hmm. and I'm, but what am I going to be like as a mom in the meantime, right. like these two or three years until I start my career as a nurse, like what am right. I? Right. How am I even going to be involved? And how and much I, am I going to rely on my parents? Yeah, and, and I think, Madison, we make the decision at that particular time for where we are. You know, just as you said, mm-hmm. when you're, if it was in high school that you wanted to be a, a mom and so forth, but at that particular time, that was where you were in your decision. So, yeah. Right. Okay. So moving on, that how how long between your cousin's husband came back and she you heard back from her? I think it was probably two or three days. Okay. Um, and at that point, I had I had convinced myself that it was going to be a no from them because it just kind of wow. the way that the the meeting went. I just thought, you know, maybe this is weird. Like, maybe this is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, my mom was like, you know, we'll, you know, we'll contact Catholic Charities or where, whoever. Okay. Like, okay. it'll be fine. But then right. I remember having this feeling of if, if she doesn't adopt this baby, I don't know. And I had told her at the time, I said, I'm choosing adoption regardless. But I remember thinking to myself, I don't know if I want anybody else to be his mom. You felt at ease or felt more confident for the fact that it was uh, her cousin in the family? That, and I think, like I said, like, you know, she was somebody that if my parents would go out of town, she would watch me. Like, I think, Mm. and I would, I mean, I would go over to her house, you know, for, you know, obviously in like bigger cousin groups. Right. Um, But I wanted, I looked at her as, almost a mother figure to myself. Well, okay, okay. And even to I this see. day, her and her husband treat me like I'm one of their kids. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay. So I wanted to choose a family that I would want as my Right. Friends. Right. Yeah. Okay. So in two to three days, when you heard back and the answer was? It was a yes. They, she called me and, you know, was like, hey, will you come over? And I was like, she lived kind of like, kind of far so I was like well this is a lot just to tell me no but <laughs> then she ended up um you know they both were there and they both said that they would love to and you know that they want to be as involved as I let them be during the whole pregnancy process okay 
Okay. Did you discuss how it would be, whether it be open or how exactly it would work? So actually they had um, been looking into adoption. They had just had just started the process before I came to them um, because they were having fertility issues. And I think that they just thought that that might be the way to go. And so they had met with a couple adoption agencies and they chose an adoption agency Now, looking back, I mean, this was like the greatest blessing, but they chose an adoption agency that focused on a lot of therapy for birth mothers. Okay. So they wanted, they want, they wanted me to have support from people that understood. Mm -hmm. And so they chose, um, and so that's kind of how we started the process. We met with this, um, counselor and talked about things and. She only did open adoptions at that time um, because she said that throughout her years of doing it, she had the most, the adoptees had the hardest time with closed adoptions mm. because of just, um, yeah. you know, identity. Because what year was I this think- for you? What year was this? 2015. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I like to say we're in a new age now. You know, I was back <laughs> in the old age when uh, there were work close. Option wasn't even right. a consideration. So, yeah, yeah, okay. So during that period of time, because you were, you were how many weeks pregnant at that time? Um, I think I had, I think I was probably 11 or 12 weeks. Okay, all right. So for the next uh, uh, what, four or five months or whatever, how was it? And with your cousin and her husband being involved, and right. how was it with you so in balancing she, school and everything else? Tell me how your life was. So school actually was okay because I wasn't going out with all my friends. I was staying home and studying, and I got really good grades that semester. Okay. Um, so that's, that's a, a plus. All throughout the whole prenatal part of it. My cousin was at every single appointment with me. She would take me out to dinner after. Um, cause I wanted, I mean, I wanted her and her husband to be involved. Sure. Um, and I would say that me and my cousin's friendship grew so much during that time because we spent too much time together. Right. Right. Now, were you back on your own in your own place or were you back with your family, your mom and dad? Um, I was with my family. So you were back with your, your mom and dad? Uh, yeah, I was back. Well, I, I was living on campus with them. Usually I'd go with them on the weekends. Okay. Uh, but for the part. Okay. Okay. All right. I think we got a little static in there, but I think we can hear yeah. okay now. Okay. All okay. right. All right. So just walk me through for us the next few months. So you're going to your appointment. So tell me about the day of the birth. Let's talk about that. So I had just finished up all my finals for school. He was born um, May 18th on my sister's birthday. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they were 24 years apart, the two of them, which is funny. Um, but it was, this was pre COVID time. So I could have a lot of people there. Um, and I went in that night before to get induced and I ended up not having to get induced. Okay. And so 
he was born in the morning and um, we did skin to skin while they, you know, mm. stitched everything up. And How was that um, for you? Um, I, you know, that was my, that was my favorite memory mm-hmm. was him was doing skin to skin because, right. um, after, after that they took him, you know, and they gave him to his parents and they had their own room, um, in the hospital. And so it's not that I didn't see a lot of him, but I didn't see as much as I would have if they didn't have a room, if that makes sense. So during the time so you I were there, before you went home, you saw him other times? I saw, well, I mean, I saw him other times, but I think that's the one regret that I have maybe of through this whole process is allowing, because I mean, you know, the, my entire family came and then mm-hmm. they had their own room and he would sleep with them in their room. And that was my, you know, 48 hours that I could have been, mm-hmm. you know, a mom. Right, right. And because, and I still to this day, um, I don't call him my son when I refer to him. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's a weird feeling when people say like, oh, like, how's your son doing? Mm. I'm always like, what are they talking about? Mm. Like I call him by his name and he calls me by my name. And I think that that's right. Right. I mean, you just have to, you know, navigate a new normal. It's not normal, but you have that's to just, it. that's it. And I think you said the word you, you're navigating a new normal. That's a good way of putting it. That's an excellent way of putting it. So when, so even though I don't outwardly say like oh this is my son like i love him just as much i just i don't ever want to say or do anything that would make him feel uncomfortable right um and so and he's at an age he's six now so he he understands um does he know know that that you're his mom he He knows that right but he doesn't necessarily call me like his birth mom and i think that might also have to do with the fact that this is an interfamily adoption and his mom is my cousin and so um as a six-year-old i don't think that that is something that is very easily comprehensible right they don't understand you know that you are someone special (laughs) you know whatever he may call you see someone special Mm -hmm. so is it is it open that you see him a certain number of times or are you free to see him whenever or how does that working well before so they actually just moved um across the country so Mm. i um, so they moved like at the beginning of the pandemic, I would say. So almost, mm-hmm. eh, yeah, it's been almost two years, I think. Wow. Um, and so before that I could, I would see him like once or twice a month. There was never a set number of days. Okay. They didn't live super close to me, probably 45 minutes. So not, I mean, it wasn't too far, mm-hmm. but we would have to plan out our visits and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that my biggest adjustment after giving birth was all of all of the time. Like I, I mean, I got so close with his mom mm-hmm. and then all of that attention shifted to him. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I felt very, 
I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I just, I felt like I lost a friend in the process uh, because it was because no longer... all the months you were spending time together, going to the apartments, getting even closer. Mm-hmm. And then your son comes in and, and not that he, he came between the two of you. He became part of your family. Right. Okay. And just an interfamily adoption in general is just hard to maneuver with yeah. other family members as yeah. well. And there's, I mean, there's definitely some boundaries that have to be mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. because that it's not that it's every family event. I'm going to be there. And they're right. going to be there. So, so is it, is it like unknown? A- Let me ask you, Madison. Is it sort of known throughout the whole family? So it's not like the whispers or people wondering what the issue. Not right. The issue, yeah. No. Everybody. We had like announced it to the family. Okay. Um, which I, I told her I think that was harder than telling my parents. Mm. <laughs> it was just like, I don't know. I. It was just, it was one of those awkward moments where you're like, this family is not awkward. But at that moment, it was just like, oh, they didn't understand what was going on. Right, right, right. Now, how how are you dealing with, as you say, um, and I can understand what you just said, is that your your bond was growing even even tighter with your cousin. Now we've got sort of mm-hmm. a distance. Um, it is the, the new guy in town who's the, the star of the right. show right now, <laughs> as well as other family members. I mean, and, and let's just face it. Some, some people are just don't know what to say and they say anything, not really realizing how it may affect. So how are you navigating if there are anything that comes up uh, of, of that issue? Because see, that, that as you say, interfamily adoption, that that's... That's tough. When I say it's tough, it, that's why I ask, does everybody know? Because unfortunately, right, a lot of yeah. times, inter-family adoption happens and people don't know it's happening or don't recognize right. it's happening. Or s- some people think that because my cousin adopted him, that I had some, like he was taken away from me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people are under the impression that mm-hmm. I... Um, you know, like lost my parental rights right, to right. my cousin. Or they formed uh, their own opinion. Then, I mean, those, Let's just face that. They right, formed their yeah. own opinion. And Nobody told them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And those conversations I'm comfortable having now because I'm 26 and I can, and I'm, you know, I'm about to graduate with my master's. So it's okay. like, I can. Congratulations. Thank you. But I can. I can stand my own when it comes to things like that because even though now I feel like I'm finally at a point in my life where I am successful at that point in my life when I was 19, Mm -hmm. that all was, I, that all had, it was just something that may never happen. Right. Right. Because you're 19 and you're pregnant and you're scared. Right. Right. But no, I think my family has been great about it, but in the beginning it was hard because There's, I mean, there were times when he would be crying and I would be holding him and someone would, you know, be like, hey, you know, he needs his mom. Like he's crying because he, he wants his mom. And that's something that you have to just, I mean, what do you say to that? Mm-hmm. I can't sit there and be like, well, I'm his mom. Right. Right. Because right. it's yeah. people around me that, and as much as that, hurt in the moment I understand it now because 
he had been with them for, you know, two months and gotten used to them. Yeah. And so that's, I guess those are where those boundaries came in where I was like, okay, I'm not his mom. I'm not parenting him. Right. Right. And that's, that's a good word of putting it. Good word of putting that there. Because I, I find that, um, that through the constellation of adoption, that means the triad, adoptees, birth moms, adopted mom, and the people around them, a lot of times don't understand of the words that they say to me. And this is my own personal versus I hear and maybe people say, well, you gave your child away. I placed my son. I did not give right. my son away. So it's like, and, and to me, I'm going to tell you, and you've probably heard if you've been listening to the podcast, the mission of this podcast is to open up, uncover the true issues of adoption and get the real story from people involved in it. Because unless you're involved in it, you really don't know. And I really encourage people to listen to the podcast like your ear against a glass window. <laughs> and listening to mm-hmm. us talk about what the real deal is and the real talk. Then they beca- can have that understanding. Otherwise, how can we expect them to understand when they have no clue? They right. have no clue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that is something that I've learned. Even now, people will say things that I guess I just don't necessarily feel comfortable with, but I don't have a problem correcting that okay good i was gonna ask you did you say (laughs) (laughs) at the time you know i was so soft-spoken yeah i didn't want to you know make any waves i just wanted him i wanted to be able to see him i would have done anything Uh just to be in his life so i i would never i wouldn't say anything if i was upset i would never talk to his mom about it I would just or my cousin you know I would just I would keep that all to myself mm-hmm. but as I've gotten older I think that being more open has made our relationship a yes. hundred times better yes yes and I say say that again because when you truly share what your feelings are that's where true intimacy and how you can grow even closer if we stuff and hide, and I go back to my time in 1973 and being told, oh, just go on like your life. It never happened. How do you do that? You don't do that. Right. Even though people will tell you to do that, it's impossible. It's impossible. And recognizing is the fact that whatever your feelings are, are your feelings. You know, um, and remember that you're in the open, so you see your son. But some moms don't see them or maybe and don't see around holidays or birthdays. And we may talk about holidays today because we're approaching that, you know, and it may be certain traditions. You just mentioned what made me think of it. Well, you were holding your son and someone was saying, well, give him to his mom. And just being able to deal with that and knowing whether you're holding him or someone else is holding him, you know the story. You know he, you're his history. I put it that way. You're his history. Mm -hmm. And that birth bond is never broken. May live apart for for me 45 years, but it's never broken. It's never broken. Right. And I think as he's gotten older too, it's been such a blessing even though he lives far away now Mm -hmm. we will always have a bond and Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at the time that we would have 
this unspoken bond between us, but I'll always have that with him. Yeah. And he he knows that I'm somebody that's special in his life. Yeah. I'm not just another cousin. Exactly. That's what I said. You he you're the special person. He may he may not he he probably can't voice a word to it, you know, or, or describe it, mm-hmm. but along with that. Yeah. 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 So And what it's if, actually been a lot of an Go ahead. It's been an easier transition. Okay. Um than I thought it would be when they first moved. Okay. Just because they've been so good at communicating with me. And I think right. that that is such an important thing for all adoptive parents, mm-hmm. even if it's just to say, Hey, you're not going to hear from us for a while. Mm-hmm. I think communication can really make or break a good open adoption relationship. I agree. I agree with that. Our open relationship. I believe it also with plays a role in reunion. If there's a close adoption and the child, uh, wants to go know the heritage, the adoptive parents. It takes nurture and nature. You've heard me say it not 10 times, but it's mm-hmm. true. It takes both. <laughs> it takes both nature and nurture. You can't, you can't have adoption without having both. You cannot. Right. Do you, do you, do you find any similarities between yourself and your son? Do you sort of see yourself in him with any mannerisms or how he looks or whatever? You know, I personally don't, but okay. then his mom will text me. I mean, you know, she was there when I grew up. So she would be like, Uh Oh, he did this thing. And it was just like what you used to do. Or he, he, I think he looks just like you or things like that, that really do make me feel good. Okay. In the beginning, obviously he doesn't look that much different than she does. We're all in the same family. Right. That's true. So when he was, and she has blonde hair and he has blonde hair and I don't. Okay. So I was, so a lot of people would just be like, oh, he looks just like you. Uh-huh. And for a while it would bother me because uh-huh. I was like, no, he actually looks like me. But, <laughs> but then I wouldn't see it. And so then now that he's growing up and he's a little older, I can, she'll send me a picture every now and then. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, he does look like me. Okay. But okay, it's okay, okay that he doesn't look 100% like me because he's his own person. Right. And that's. Right, right. And at the end of the day, I, as much as I want him to be my mini, it's <laughs> it's okay that he's not. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, you know, just knowing that that um, I like to say we've got the same DNA that will never change. That will right. never change with that. So moving on to as we say, we always cover a hot topic per se. You brought up something that that same, uh, I say worthy of discussion of the time you're in the hospital when you had to skin to skin. You were there for forty eight hours or a couple of days, and that bonding. Now, uh, situations are different on whether it's closed or open. I um. And I say, unfortunate, I, I, I wish I had that. Um, that was just not what they were doing with closed adoptions is that right. the, that once I heard him, <laughs> but I didn't see him until um, actually was the time that he was going to uh, his adoptive family, which was 12 days later, but along with it in missing that. And just like now, that's been six years and you call back of wanting more of that. Um, talk about what, Maybe that would have helped to do, or what do you encourage? I, I've heard moms talk about, and you can just chime in on this, on how important it is to the time that you're in the hospital 
on who's in the room, who's there, Mm -hmm. whether you get your own time with your child, even if the adoptive parents are even there. And I've heard different stories. So just tell me, um, just what, how, how it was, you sort of explained some of it, but how would you, it work with you and would help you heal? And speak about what what healing process. You mentioned you started some therapy right after you became pregnant. Did you continue on with therapy? I did. I did for probably four years after okay. he was born. Okay. And I think that that really did. It did a lot of good. Um, okay. It's funny because speaking on the therapy part, I would only ever go in one-on-one with her in May. Mm-hmm. And that was around his birthday. It was around mm-hmm. Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. I was always had finals of some sort. And so I think that, and I had recognized, you know, she pointed that out to me that Mother's Day was such a hard day for me. And it still yeah. is. I think yeah. that's the only thing right now that it's a hard, it's just hard for me. I don't, mm-hmm. and I can recognize that and I can, you know, anticipate that, but it'll what do you, never What do you do for, for yourself to that Mother's Day? If you know Mother's Day is coming up, what do you do for yourself? How do you, how do you manage those emotions? I honestly, I just, I just stay busy. I think the okay. past few mother's days, I I just signed up for work. And okay. then last, this past mother's day, I was actually with him in California. Mm. So that was nice. Okay. Um, and, you know, we celebrated his mom and that's okay. Right. Right. Um, and me and her don't really ever talk about Mother's Day. Like I always say, Happy Mother's Day, obviously. Uh-huh. But it's just a weird day for me because I don't know whether to. I don't know whether to respond to the people that are telling me Happy Mother's Day or because I'm like I don't. I don't know. It's a weird day for me. <laughs> but, Do you feel like you're a mom, even though you're not parenting your son? No. Really? And that's really weird. Okay. But I don't feel, I don't feel like a mom. And maybe that's why it's a weird day for me. Okay. Because if people do reach out and say like, happy Mother's Day, uh-huh. obviously I'll respond and say thank you. But right. I don't, I've never felt like a mom oh, to him. Okay. Okay. I've always felt more of like a best friend kind of type. I mean, I would take a bullet for him. Like I would do anything sure. for him. Sure. Understood. Understood. I don't have that maternal and that that does relate back to how it was in the hospital because there was that that line drawn mm-hmm. this boundary that was put up um, mm-hmm. and I and my mom did the best that she could in a situation yeah. that she had never gone through yeah and she yeah. was the person that I hid behind this entire pregnancy and so mm-hmm. she was the one who, encourage them get your own room yes he needs to stay with them they need to bond with him and i looked back at it and i've talked to her about this and i was like i just wish i would have spoken up and said hey i don't want all of your family here Mm -hmm. i don't want Mm -hmm. them to have their own room here i want Mm -hmm. my time with Mm -hmm. my son Mm -hmm. but because that was never vocalized right i never that's why i don't call him my son because i don't i don't feel like i got to be his mom okay during that 
okay. period of time. You know, you brought up a good point, Madison, for is that you, you had those thoughts, but you didn't vocalize it. And I truly believe that a lot of us or many of us will don't have the voice. We'll lose our voice while we're going through that because we talked about fours and whatever people may say or think or the shame or, or whatever you want to call it. It's like stepping up to who we are because whatever happened is the fact that when we became pregnant, we became moms. We we went through a, giving birth that make to me, and this is me talking, it makes you a mom, but being able to step into it, just as you just mentioned, that's based on a lot of circumstances because if we are not able to hold our child or uh, determine who's in the room and have control, I heard you mention right. about you felt as if you were not standing behind your mom and for us because I heard you mention for us and wanting her to take care of you doing this. And, and that's, that's so valid because you needed that emotional nurturing yourself. Because that was the growing time for you to understand. And I, I say this uh, with healing. Healing itself is based on you being able to come to terms with whatever has, has been the trauma. And there are many different kinds of trauma. But until we can, whether we wrap our, se- our arms around ourselves, whether we cuddle with ourselves, we swaddle ourselves in blanket to basically, to me, that says, I love me. I love me, you know, and, and I know Mother's Day are very, is very difficult for a lot of birth. It is for me, but I, I call my son's birthday Mother's Day. So I just had Mother's I've Day in October. I've heard a lot of people do that. <laughs> so I had, I had my Mother's Day in October. So, I, and, you so know, what do you do for yourself? Oh, I self-care. I went to the water for three days and just sit beside the water uh, deck. In other words, just soothe myself. Because that was my time for me. That was my time for me. Of course, I went back 48 years. <laughs> I was back in the hospital. But mm-hmm. that was my time. That was my time. And so through this journey, I've always given to myself what I needed. Whether someone else was going to do it for me or not, I didn't count on that. I knew I had to really do it for myself because that's part of my healing, my journey. Because the emotions are, I mean, it's like a roller coaster. It's up and down and all that, whether it's birthdays, Mother's Day, or it could just be a day. And and I'll speak very candidly. Madison and I had to reschedule this podcast because, <laughs> because I was having a day <laughs> the original time that we were scheduled. And it was okay. I remember calling you, Madison, I, I, mm-hmm. I just can't do today. I just, uh, I'm, I get emotions and uh, I'll cry the whole time. So let's reschedule. And that's completely fine. Not apologizing for that whatsoever. And we all have to give ourselves the time and whatever we need with that. We do. Exactly. Let's talk about holidays coming up soon when we're taking this podcast. What about holidays? What's your holiday tradition? What do you know me doing holidays? Well, like I said, I'm a nurse, so I work half of them. Okay. (laughs) um, This year he'll be in town the week before Christmas, so I'll see him then. Um, And I work Christmas, so that ended up working out really well. But I I feel like we're at a point in our adoption journey that I could, any holiday that they're at home, 
mm-hmm. I could take off and fly out there and she would be, their fa- whole family would be okay. welcoming of that, okay. which okay. is good. Okay. They always get me a gift every Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. I always try to get him something that he doesn't have, but he's the kid that has everything. So. <laughs> um, and he actually, they have a new addition this year. She ju- she ended up um, getting pregnant oh, during so COVID and had a baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. wow. Which I think is, to me, it's such a blessing. I know that there's a lot of mixed, um, um, mixed feelings on placing a um a baby up for adoption and then that couple you know being able to have their own yeah but to me it's and I don't know if it's because she's my cousin but it has been the greatest blessing and I think he's such a good big brother and I'm at a place now where it's it's really great but that doesn't mean that it has always been this way absolutely like it's there's always been a roller coaster of emotions yeah, and I think yeah. you've talked about that before too, but yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of have to go with the flow and that's mm-hmm. hard for me to do. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a it process. A it's a process. Yeah. Um, number one is lifelong. It is adoption is lifelong. It's not like, Oh, the year 2023, this will be all be over. And no, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's lifelong. And so that, that's for me is that the processing will go the pace it needs to go. Um, whenever it's holidays, birthdays or whatever, we learn what works for us and to be able to do that. Because I say this, and and people may or may not agree with it, uh, in spite of our child, we have a life. Uh, I'll say it again. We have a life. (laughs) So our child, whether our child is in our life or a part of a life, you know, we see them or whatever, but we have a life. And I Mm -hmm. emphasize that because I I say this is that I want to be the very best me I can be for me for my son, for everybody around me, because only then I can do what I'm here on earth to do. So that's part of me healing and giving myself what I need to be the very best I can be. Always there for my son, in spite of, in spite of whether I hear from them or not, that, that never, I, I never will lose that. Never will lose that. Never going away. Never going away. Completely. So this That's podcast a good way is to put I, it though. Yeah. Uh this like podcast a lifelong Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it's a this, this it's a lifelong journey and it's you have to live the life. You have to live your life. You cannot pause and and just uh not go on and move on with your life. Look at you, you're just finishing your master's uh degree in nursing when what six years ago you were what your sophomore year or junior year of getting your undergrad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so That's you're crazy. living your and life. I don't know if I would be right. I don't know if I would be in this, in the place that I'm at. Actually, no, I probably wouldn't be had I parented. What do you think? And that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think, but I don't like to look at like the what ifs. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I want him to be proud of me. Absolutely. And I don't I want him to have as as the least amount of trauma. Right. From right. this situation cuz I right. always have to think now that he's his own adult. I mean, he's just a tiny little adult. Like he's mm-hmm. I want him 
not a lot of people speak up for the adoptees, right. but that has to be hard too. Yeah. So yeah. I want to be here for him if uh-huh. he has any questions, but I also want him to know that I love him. I did this right. out of love. I didn't, I didn't do it. Right selfishly. Absolutely. I think one thing you said about communication between the birth mom, the adoptive parents and an adoptee when they he's able to comprehend, that's going to be a big difference. It's going to be major when they can have a conversation. Everybody understands the whole scenario. It's the, it is the what ifs and I wonder this and I wonder that that can get people I call stuck in the mud. That you get on this mm-hmm. and you start thinking, well, what about that? You cannot say wipe up spilled milk. You cannot. You can only go with <laughs> what you did at that particular time. And it has to be okay. Has to be okay. And live your life. And I emphasize live your yep. life. I, I, I say, I use the word, unfortunately, because I've been in a lot of rooms and so forth, even before I met my son. And I see some birth moms that are just, just I use the word stuck. Stuck in, yeah. you know, and, and it's like as best as you can to get unstuck. And that's the right. community it's, of other birth it's moms. It's hard also. though, right? Yeah. Like it's it hard. does define a lot of people, yeah. but you can't let that be your only, mm-hmm. the only thing that defines you. Right. Like it's, it's a part of my story, but right. I have so much left to do. Yes. Yes. You have so much left to do. And I will do. say that I've been stuck at times too. I, okay. I definitely think that him moving away, mm-hmm. I, I don't love that he moved away. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it kind of opened my eyes to how many things am I saying no to yeah. in the hopes of seeing my son. Yeah. But what I could have been saying yes to. Uh-huh. That's um, a good way of putting since it. He's, yeah. Since he's, you know, been farther away and I can only see him every so often, mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of, it's almost like a whole new, new world to, right. uh, in life to kind of maneuver and figure out. Yeah. You know, I, I think you've just d- decided the title, start saying yes. Yeah, that's a good Start title. saying <laughs> yes. Because as you say, is we have a life. And that doesn't doesn't take from how much we love our child. Our child, our children yeah. will always. I'm, I always speak for myself. Understand that people may have different opinions. <laughs> I always speak for myself. My my child will always be in my life. I have a life. He has a life. We live life together, and I'm like doing all that I can to fulfill all my heart's desires and things that I'm placed on this earth to do. And that's where the joy comes in to help heal from the trauma, the grief. Healing to me is facing life, doing life and being so real and understanding and transparent. As I shared, I mean, there are days, I, 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 I there are days <laughs> and I acknowledge, okay, this is one of those days and I don't mind sharing with someone, you know, just as I shared with Madison, it's like, can't do this today, Madison, just can't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Gotta say another Not time. Okay. <laughs> and it was okay. It was okay. It was okay. You know? So get give ourselves permission for it to be okay. Give ourselves permission to say yes instead of saying no. Yes to ourselves. That's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Saying yes to ourselves. Any last thoughts, Madison? No, I just thank you so much for having me on here and I hope that people can 
I don't know if anybody can necessarily relate to everything that I've said or, but there is, we all go through a different journey, mm-hmm. but we all have each other's backs. Absolutely. We know what we, every, what we know what we go through, what right. we've gone through. I like what you and said. We have each other's else, back. We have each other's yeah. back. I like that. I like that. Just because somebody doesn't um, know the right things to say. Yeah. That also isn't their fault because they haven't gone through it. Right. 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 And about their experiences. You know, we can only know what we have experienced or have the capacity to experience because mm-hmm. a lot of times people are just not capable and that's okay if they're not capable. Recognize it. Recognize it. But thank you so much, Madison. This is wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Every story needs to be told. And a yes, your story will touch someone. A no story touches everybody all the time. But these stories, I hear it in emails and comments I'm getting. There are adoptees listening. There are adoptive moms listening. And I hear that pers- the common factor is that we are all birth moms and the birth mom story, but they're all different. Well, I never thought about that. What was that, that situation? So it's just knowledge and healing. That's what this podcast is. So you've been listening to Birth Moms Real Talk. I'm your host, D. Yvonne Rivers, as we talk real about the stories that other people run away from. But we're going to bring it to the surface. We allow you that window to put your ear to the window to just listen to the different perspectives and bring it all in about real talk. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening into Birth Moms Real Talk, where birth mothers share their journeys and we have an open and honest conversation about adoption. If you would like to share your story or you have any comments, you can reach us at birthmomsrealtalk.com or email us at Yvonne at birthmomsrealtalk.com. If you like what you heard, we would appreciate your support on Patreon as a supporter. Find out more on our website. Tune in next time. See you then.